0: Welcome to Reasoning Through the Bible. My name is Glenn and I'm here with Steve. We've been working our way through the book of Acts. Today we're in chapter 25 of Acts. We've been following Paul as he goes through the last part of the book here. He's been arrested. He is now in Caesarea, and he is in the palace there with Felix the governor. And as we saw at the end of the last chapter, he's been there two years. Now, Steve, what do you think's been going through Paul's mind for two years now at this point? What, I mean, knowing what you know about Paul, what do you think has been going through his head while he's been in jail all this time? Has he been just sitting doing nothing?
1: Well, no, I don't think he's been sitting doing nothing, and I think knowing about Paul, he knows that he's in God's will, he's doing what God has directed him to do, and so I'm sure that he's sitting there witnessing and testifying to as many people as he can, and he's also in a position where he can have people come and visit him much like he is later when he's in Rome in prison so it's it's kind of I would say maybe more of a house arrest type of a situation, but definitely he can't go out and do missionary journeys like he had before,
0: right, and the what we saw from before, the guards and the people controlling him recognized this guy's different. He's not a typical criminal, and they had already been allowing visitors and giving him some, some degree of freedom. Well, we know, though, but this guy Festus, it says after two years, a man named Festus becomes the new governor, the new Roman leader of this region, Yeah, and we know this. this is still one more of the... Things that Luke, the author, brings in from secular history. And this is another one of these figures that we know from secular history. He was the Roman governor of that region from 58 to 62 of Judea. So that places, again, one more bit of historical corroboration of what time period this is. So this is in the year 58 when he first became the uh, local leader of Judea. And so then in verse 3, The Jewish leaders asked Festus a favor. Mm -hmm. Could you bring Paul over here to Jerusalem? Mm -hmm. We just kind of think it'd be better to have the trial here. Well, what were they really wanting?
1: They didn't have authorization under Roman law to do anything. So they were wanting to get him back in Jerusalem, once again, back into the Hall of Justice under their court system so that they could make an accusation under Jewish law that they would be able to then enact a punishment to Paul under that's the that's the bottom line of what they were trying to do
0: yeah well not only that but it says here in verse 3 they wanted to set an ambush to kill him when right. he was on the way yeah which they, they were, which
1: they tried to do when he was when he was going to Caesarea they were going to do the same thing
0: right right there's a very rocky region in between there that the Roman leader You remember, he sent 470 troops to protect Paul to get him from Jerusalem to Caesarea the the first time. And so they know this. There's areas there where highwaymen could hide and attack people. So they're really trying to set a trap. Once they got him in Jerusalem, they could kill him, which is even after two years, their anger has not subsided. They're still wanting to kill this man, Paul. And so verse 4, Festus would not take Paul to Jerusalem. And it doesn't really say why, but he insisted that the Jewish leaders go to Caesarea to judge him. So a little bit of speculation, Steve. Do you think he knew what was in the mind of the Jewish leaders?
1: I do, because I think that he had probably been, been briefed by Felix before Felix left in regards to how Paul got there and that they had to have the guard and et cetera, that there was animosity there. And look, it's already been established that there's these Roman governors and the commander, back when he was in Jerusalem the first time that he, that he was taken into custody, they they haven't found him guilty of anything under Roman law yet. They don't want to upset the Jewish leaderships. And a little bit of backstory in regards to Felix and why he left and it was turned over to Festus is that during these two years there was another fight that took place there in uh, Caesarea. This is historically uh, documented. There was another fight there in, in Caesarea between Jewish and Gentile factions. Felix sent in his troops in order to quash it, and in that he killed quite a few of the Jewish uh, people, probably Gentiles too, but there was a an official complaint made by the Jewish leadership to Nero against Felix. And so Felix was recalled to Rome by Nero, and Nero put... Festus in place. So the backdrop here is, is that this restlessness, because they're an occupying force, this restlessness of the people, they don't want uprisings. They don't want restlessness. They want to try and keep things as calm as possible. And Nero, the the Caesars, they also want things as calm as possible too. And so that's why I think we see both Felix kept him for two years, but didn't let him go, it says, because he wanted to be he, wanted, to, he, wanted he, wanted a,
0: he wanted a bribe, too.
1: Yes. And now we're going to see Festus kind of do the same thing. They want to keep the peace. They don't want any personal complaints against them going back to Nero and that's causing them to cause problems. So I think that's part of the backdrop that we're seeing here.
0: And what's always fascinating to me, and we keep mentioning this simply because it's it's here in the text, is that Luke has a very, very large number of historical facts in here. Felix, Festus, Agrippa, the, the Roman leaders, and the way they act, and so there's a lot of corroboration. And what we've been trying to do is add a little bit of the background of some of these characters, but there's really a great deal of historical accuracy. The Book of Acts was written at the time it was done. I mean, Luke was here in the year 58, When all this happened, watching this and writing it down as it happened. And I, I just find that fascinating. Yeah. So then in verse seven, Paul is in Caesarea, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem. So now we have the Jews and Paul and the Roman governor all in Caesarea. And in starting in verse seven and verse eight, they start to give their accusations. And what's interesting in verse seven, it says many serious charges against him, which they could not prove, right. So what do you think, Steve they're They're making these serious accusations
1: with no evidence. yeah, and there's two groups, the the original people that started the riot, they're not part of the group that comes down to Caesarea, and also this other group of the uh, forty assassins that were there. There's nobody there really that that was part of the original problem of the riot in order to make a charge, an official charge. And so we see here the leadership from Jerusalem comes down, but they don't have the proper people there in order to make a proper charge. And so they're just going to have this lawyer give an accounting to them, but it's not going to be really any charge that Festus can take under Roman law.
0: Plus, it says they can't prove it. Yeah, So they're making accusations with not enough evidence to build a case. And Festus, he's not a dummy, and he realizes this, was probably informed, as you said, of the dynamics of the Jewish people. And so he realizes some of the things that's going on here. And he fully realizes, oh, there's more of an interpersonal dislike here. There's something going on with this Jewish culture that is not a Roman crime. And he realizes that. However, Festus says in verse 9, wants to do the Jews a favor. Mm-hmm. and is now asking Paul if he wants to go to Jerusalem to judge him. Right. Paul, do you want to go to back to Jerusalem? We could have a trial there. Yeah. Now, to me, this is interesting mm-hmm. because what are they doing now? I mean, where are they? In, all the players are there. The Jews are there. Paul's there. They have supposedly their evidence there. It's been at least a second time now that they've come in to present their case yeah. against Paul. And the judge is there. Why do we need to move it? Why can't we just have the trial right here in the first part of Acts 25?
1: I think it's Festus. Again, there's politics involved. And I think Festus is trying not to, to get involved with the Jewish inner workings of the Jewish. And so if he sends them back to Jerusalem to go under this hall of justice that was there and under the court of the Jewish court, where he could probably just be an observer, it gets him out of this quandary of upsetting the Jewish leadership. It's kind of like, because again, there's nothing that he has found so far that he can make a find Paul guilty under Roman law. If he could, he probably would have already done it. But he can't do it. He can't find it. And so by able by getting Paul back into Jerusalem, he kind of throws the, the ball back into the Jewish leadership court. And I think that's what he's trying to do here. Right.
0: In verse 10, Paul says, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal yeah. where I ought to be tried. I have done no wrong to the Jews, as you very well know. Right. And so he's saying, we're right here right now You're right. in front of a tribunal. Everybody's here. We're having court as we speak. And you know I've done no wrong.
1: Right. And I'm also here exactly where I requested to be. I requested to be to have a trial under a Roman Authority. So we're here. So sending me back into Jerusalem under the Jewish, that doesn't serve any purpose.
0: And so Paul knows what's going on here. Oh, yeah. And so does everybody else. And so it just doesn't make any sense to move a trial back to Jerusalem except what we just said, which was to please the Jews. Just a political decision that has nothing to do with a fair trial for this accused person. And so, the, the other thing I find interesting here is that God's providence, mm-hmm. that's one of the words that the theologians use for God arranging things to be able to have God's outcome happen in these situations. So, think of God's providence here. God doesn't allow the Jews to kill him. Festus didn't agree to bring Paul to Jerusalem. He allowed Paul to appeal to Rome so god wanted paul in rome and so god's arranging things to where god's not going to allow the jews to kill him he's not going to allow the roman to make a decision that would put paul in danger he's got paul in a situation where the romans have to protect him, and so this is this is god's providence yes now felix agrippa and the jewish leaders were also making these free will decisions, back to God's causing things and human free will. Well, Felix Agrippa and the Jewish leaders were all making free will decisions, but they're fulfilling God's prophecy at the same time. Yeah. What did God say was going to happen to Paul? Where did God already say he was going to go?
1: And he said he was, he was going to be going and giving testimony before kings and, and uh, authorities. This is what, what God, uh, Jesus had told Paul up front was going to happen to him.
0: And go to Rome. And so all these people around Paul are making their own free will decisions, but they're fulfilling God's prophecy. They're yeah. fulfilling God's will. I just find that. Yeah. I just find that fascinating. Yes. Verse 11, Paul hears the suggestion that he go to Jerusalem. He appeals to Caesar. Now, let's talk about that for a second. Roman citizens had the right to appeal to Caesar. Mm-hmm. but not all appeals to caesar were granted right because the roman leaders could understand if somebody had a death sentence they caesar in rome would be inundated with with every case but here they grant paul the the right to appeal and go to rome yeah and so talk a little bit about that steve What's what's going on here first of all a roman citizen could appeal Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the the local governor had to make a decision whether they're going to send him or not.
1: I would liken it to our justice system uh, here in the United States where where we live in that we have a Supreme Court and usually other countries uh, have Supreme Courts as well that will hear particular cases that have great meaning. And so while the citizens have a right to be able to appeal those judgments up to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court doesn't take every single one that gets to them. They take a select few important ones that they'll hear every year. I think this is the same situation. Caesar can't obviously hear every case that, that a Roman citizen appeals to him, but he will take certain ones. But the process is, oh, you appeal to Caesar, then you're going to go to Rome where it's going to be decided whether or not you you, you can go to in front of, a, uh, in front of Caesar at all. That's one thing. The second thing again is that Felix has already been recalled because he had a complaint from the Jewish leadership. Festus doesn't want to get in that situation. And so he's just kicking the can down the road and saying, okay, you're appealing to Caesar. Ultimately, we're just going to let you go there to Caesar and Rome. And it gets it out it gets Festus out of any type of, of a possible situation of a rock and a hard place, so to speak.
0: Festus is a politician, he makes a politician's decision, which is, okay, if I let him go, I made all these Jews mad. Yeah. If I let these Jews, they're they're gonna kill him, and he's really innocent.
1: And then, then and then it's gonna look reflect back on me because I had this this person that was innocent killed. And
0: so in verse ten he says, or verse twelve rather, you have appealed to Caesar to Caesar you will go. Yeah. So, as you said, kicks the can down the road just a little bit. And so the Caesar at this point was who? This was, a, it was or Nero. at least it was about to be, by the time Paul gets there and gets his case heard, this is Nero. Yeah, Nero. And so what do we know about Nero? He was using Christians as a scapegoat, right? He's using Christians to blame for problems the great, the, the, that were... And, and also the great Roman
1: fire that happened later.
0: Right. Nero burned down Rome, because he burned down a slum of Rome because he wanted to build another city there, and he blamed the Christians for it. And they ended up using Christians as as entertainment in the circuses and ultimately just killed them. So that's ultimately what's going to happen to Paul. But at this point in the story, he's appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you shall go. Did Paul do right by appealing to Caesar? What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I think so too. Yeah.
1: And and ultimately he knows that he's going to go to Rome, so that's the that's like the direct way to go. Yeah. To get there.
0: Now, it says here in verse 16 says that Roman law holds that a man charged with a crime has the right to see the witnesses that have accused him. Mm-hmm. Now, that right we still have this today. That's one of these rights that we have in our court system today goes goes all the way back to ancient Rome which is this idea of a fair trial so this is where a lot of our laws come from we we didn't invent these things out of out of thin air the other thing i found fascinating chapter 24 verse 24 felix came with his wife drusilla when it first mentions felix in 2424 felix came with his wife drusilla over here in 2513 King Agrippa and Bernice comes. Well, I always thought Bernice was his wife until I start reading secular history. Mm -hmm. And Bernice was his sister. Mm -hmm. And so even these little details of Felix was married to Drusilla, but Agrippa had a sister named Bernice that he would travel around with and they were actually largely accused of having an incestuous relationship. Mm-hmm. So she was his partner, but not his wife. And so Luke gets that right. Even these details like that, Luke gets it right. And I, I just find that find that really fascinating. All these historical details are, are correct. King Agrippa mentioned here is, is King Agrippa II, the grandson of Herod the Great. And none of these are nice guys. No, if if we really look at the history of these people, none of these people are really great. This this guy was from a long line of scoundrels and murderers.
1: Yeah, and they're they're always doing a balancing act. They're 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 balancing to to stay in the favor of Rome and, and the and the home government and the home leadership, as well as staying in the favor of the Jewish leadership of the area that they're that they have rule over in order just to keep the peace. And so they're always walking this tightrope of both sides of this situation, trying to appease both sides and stay in good favor for both of them. Right.
0: In this, Festus, he didn't really understand the details of Christianity and Judaism and why there was a, an argument in a bit. Agrippa is going to know these things, yeah. but Festus doesn't. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. And so you look at verse 19. Festus didn't understand these details, but he did understand Paul talked about the resurrection. Yep. Right? Because Mm -hmm. it says in verse 19, they simply had some points of disagreement with him about their own religion and about a dead man who Paul asserted to be alive. So what does that tell us? Paul is always talking about what? The The resurrection.
1: And this is another thing that came to me as I was studying this particular section here is that we're we're coming to the end of Acts and Paul's testimony has been consistent it's it's never different and so that's that's a sign of somebody that's telling the truth is that their story is always consistent and Paul is always consistently talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives details about it and other things as well and so we don't see Paul changing his story to, to match the situation that he might be in. He's just always consistent in regards to what's going on. And, and as you mentioned, the center point of all of that is always the resurrection of Jesus. Right. In verses
0: 26 and 27, Festus is ready to send Paul to Rome, but he says twice that he didn't have enough charges to send him. And he also he, he knew Paul was innocent. He said, "How am I going to send him to Rome?" He's appealed to Rome, but I don't have any—I don't have any charges against him. He—he's done nothing deserving of death, and so I, I find that find that interesting. Then in verse twenty-three, Paul goes before King Agrippa, and in verse twenty-three, who else was there? Who else does it say was there? there there's Agrippa, Bernice. They came in with all this pomp and circumstance,
1: and and prominent men of the city, commanders. Other people that are there, we're kind of like the, maybe the elite of the city.
0: So they're making a big show yeah. about all this, and we're going to bring in this this man, Paul. Rise with great pomp. So question, who was more important to the people there? with With all of this big crowd, who were they focused on, obviously? The king, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Who's more important in the course of human history? Paul is. Paul is. Who <laughs> he had a bigger a, impact uh, on, yeah. on world history yep. is the Apostle Paul, Yeah, right? Who's more important in our churches today? The Apostle Paul, right? When we have these things now, if you were just to ask one of those people, one of the commoners lying around in that crowd, who's the important person here today? Oh, King Agrippa. Mm-hmm. He's the one. He's right. the one with all the power. Who really had more influence? Paul did. This, this man in chains yeah. and two-year-old prison clothes. And he was the one with the truth that's going to rock the world and turn the world right side up.
1: Yeah. Right? Yep.
0: What did is said here about people who like to blow trumpets before themselves, right? Because that's what he was doing. They were blowing trumpets, all the pomp and circumstance. What about today? Do we have people today that like to make a big show and and uh, get out of my way when I arrive. I want a red carpet. Are, are these people important?
1: In the, in the long term, no. At the time, possibly. But uh, it, we, we've also seen Scripture basically says that you received your reward at that time. So enjoy it while you have it because that's going to be the reward that you get. Whereas if you have a belief in Jesus Christ, we have an eternal reward in, in of eternal life.
0: And the last thing I've got in this chapter, Steve, is that okay, Paul was in chains. Mm. Right? Who was really in chains? King Agrippa was <laughs> chained to sin. Yes. Right? Paul yeah. was free of sin. He might have been wearing physical chains, but he was free of sin. Right. And everybody else says, Oh, I'm free, but were they really? No, they they were a slave to sin. Yeah. Yeah. So, and,
1: and we see that here with what you just described with, with, uh, Agrippa and Bernice and, and, uh, all the different situations that they're in, taking bribes as well as the incestual relationship or possibly incestual relationship. It's just not a really good situation in general for a person to be in.
0: So any last things on that chapter, Steve? That's all I had for this one.
1: No, I don't. Uh, again, I just think that, It's interesting that you have these politicians that are trying to not offend anybody. And they're just trying to make the decision of, of what's the, what's the best way that we can get unload this problem called Paul out of my court to where I don't, I can come out of this and not have offended the Jewish leadership, but I don't get in trouble with the, with the home leadership back in Rome. And just get him going. And so I, I find that that's just an interesting subplot that's going through all of this. And it's
0: interesting to me how politicians haven't changed in 2,000 <laughs> years. Because they're still like that. Yeah. Still trying to to talk out of both sides of their mouth. Yeah. So that's all we have for today for Acts 25. Next time we're going to hear Paul before King Agrippa. And we'll hear that again as we're going to be reasoning through the Bible. And we hope that you
1: do too. God bless you.